0: Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, your host, and you're listening to episode 169. Thanks for listening. You know how long we've been doing this? Two years. As the recording of this episode, uh, we're coming up on a two-year anniversary. November 7th is the two-year anniversary. So if you're listening to this shortly after that date, thanks for being part of the show. It's been a great success. We've had a lot of fun. This episode, I don't have a guest. It's just going to be you and I. And I thought I'd talk to you about um, something of interest. Hopefully, you found uh, Dave Sokolowski last episode interesting, this clueless about Cthulhu that he helped inform me and you. What is this Cthulhu thing, and how come it's so big? Uh, I found it very helpful. But this episode, I've had a couple of you reach out to me about somebody actually specifically said, Richard, can you do a podcast about setting up a podcast? I found that Funny, um, because I don't consider myself a particular expert when it comes to podcasting. I have my whole, my own set of glitches and and challenges, that type of thing. But they thought that I've been doing a good job and they wanted me to give some pointers. So I thought that's what we would do. You can stop listening right now, change the channel, you know, go catch some football or basketball, whatever it is that you're watching or listening to. But that's what we're going to talk about. Setting up a podcast. One of the reasons is, is because the advice that is given time and time again by me and by some of the experts out there about crowdfunding, it's that you need to build your crowd before you launch your project. One of the ways you can do that, blogging, guest blogging, but setting up your own podcast. Okay, you set up a podcast. Now what do you do? Well, think about it. It's, this podcast has been going for two years. We're now averaging about 2,400, 2,500 listens per episode, which I'm thrilled with. You know, it's not as high as some of the big guys and... It's certainly not as low as some of the, the lower ones. It's a good number, but it's taken two years to get here. So the, one of the things that you need to do is set up – if you're going to set up a podcast for your Kickstarter campaign, you need to start it now. And your podcast is going to be about an interesting topic. So that's what we wanted to do is talk about setting up a podcast, just you and me talking about it. Nobody else is here. Um, so let's just talk about it. Let's talk about first the platform. I use a platform called Buzzsprout. B-U-Z-Z sprout.com. The reason is, is because I don't have a lot of time and I really, in the beginning didn't know what I'm doing and still debatable whether I know what I'm doing. And I needed to find something dead simple. Buzzsprout did that. I, I get for $9 a month, I get four hours of new content every 30 days, every month. What that means is, is that this episode is 20 minutes long. That means three in an hour. I can do 12 episodes a month of new content for that $9. The old content that you've gone back and listened to, that doesn't cost me anything. And anybody who goes back and listens to that doesn't cost me – there's no bandwidth charges or anything. That's one reason I love Buzzsprout because it's able to do that for me. Dead simple. Now, one of the drawbacks is that analytics aren't as great as I wish they were. I can't look deeply into – you know, if I did a a tweet about a particular episode, I can't see a direct correlation between – my outbound activities to drive awareness and the number of listens to that particular episode. I can see how many people have listened, but not necessarily when or how I got them, that type of thing. So if you're into the analytics, this isn't going to meet your needs. One of the challenges that I've had in the past was because I didn't have a website for the podcast made a shout out. And, um, I want to say thanks to Bernard, uh, Haymaker who, uh, or Hamaker. I always get those last names wrong who stepped up and we're starting to build the richardabliss.com website where you can go and actually listen to the podcasts and see some commentary, that type of thing. So that's been one of the things that's really helped for me to get the awareness out there. And it's interesting because as I've started to do some of those things, the podcast has started to gain some exposure and popularity. The numbers are picking up. We're accelerating more and more listeners, and so I appreciate that. One of the challenges that you're faced with when doing a podcast is yourself. I don't know about you, but I'm guessing you're going to be like 90% of the rest of the planet. And when it comes to public speaking, it, it's a little nervous, right? Standing and, and podcasting is public speaking, even though technically I can't see you and it's just you and me. And that is one of the secrets. It's just you and me. I'm talking to you as you're doing whatever you're doing right now, commuting to work, doodling, working on your projects, um, going to sleep, whatever it is that you're doing right now, it's just you and me. And so that's one of the ways to overcome the fear of, of putting your voice out there. Um, Because they say that the number one fear for almost everybody on the planet is public speaking. I think Jerry Seinfeld's got a, a, a skit where he talks about how most people would prefer to be in the casket dead than actually be the one delivering the eulogy at the funeral. I have delivered a couple of eulogies at funerals um, and got lots of compliments for being such a nice young minister. Where'd he come from? Uh, Which was flattering since I'm not a minister. My experience is slightly different than probably yours. I spend a lot of time public speaking. It's one of the things I do. I don't get nervous like most people do to public speak. And so doing a podcast and talking is much easier for me than writing anything down. Although, ironically, I actually make a living writing things down now as i blog on Forbes. I do a lot of writing on Forbes.com. One of the secrets to, uh, to public speaking is being comfortable with a couple of things. One is silence. Being comfortable with silence is one of the most difficult thing that public speakers or speakers have. They're afraid to, they have to fill up the sound. They have to fill up that space. That's why they have ums and ahs and like and uh, and uh, and it drives you nuts, right? As you hear somebody just keep that noise level at a point where they have to maintain their comfort level. Taking the time to pause and, um, look, I just did it. I did an um. Taking the time to pause creates a sense of expectation on the part of the listener. Ums and ahs indicate that you don't know what you're going to say. And become fillers for supposedly you're thinking about what you're going to say. But instead, when you just take a breath instead of an um, now people think you know what you're going to say and you're pausing for dramatic effect. It has a, a, a transformational effect on your listeners. Get comfortable by with silence. Also, if one of the number biggest uh, reasons that people get nervous is they're afraid they're going to screw up. You're going to say something that's going to make you look foolish. Well, guess what? Nobody knows you screwed up except for yourself. So the first thing you should do is definitely don't tell them you screwed up because they don't know and don't point it out. Some people think that by pointing it out, it means that, oh, here I'm human and, and no, your listeners or your the audience, they want to have confidence in you. So don't tell them you screwed up. Drive on. Everybody screws up. Just don't tell people. One of the things when doing a podcast is my guests because the guests also can be just as nervous about being on my show as if you were being the host. And so one of the things I do is I try to take as much time as possible with the guests before the show, as much as they'll give me. If they'll give me an hour, I'll take an hour. And then we just talk. We talk about family. We talk about life. We talk about anything that they're interested in. So by the time we get to the 20 minute recording of the show, At that point, they're just like, oh, it's just, we're just talking. You know, it's just Richard and I, we're just going to talk. Then when I hit the record button, it really, I catch them in a comfort level. You know, it doesn't always work, but most of the time I'm able to make people feel comfortable. And and if you're listening and you've been on the show, now you know what I was doing. Why we spent so much time just chatting and talking. Because I want you to feel comfortable. Uh, Give give you an example Um, in that comfort level. One of the things of being comfortable is that I have a genuine interest in my guests. I reach out to my guests and I take a listen to them and I'm really interested in what they have to say. I had a guest, not on the show, but I also do occasionally some reporting for crowdfundbeat.com. So if you go out to crowdfundbeat.com and look at some of their interviews, you'll see me there with a the microphone standing in front of people talking to them about their projects around crowdfunding. One of my uh, one of the p- people I interviewed was Amir Rubin, who's the president and CEO of a company called Sixth Sense. They're doing amazing stuff, uh, technology-based. They're out of uh, Silicon Valley. And it was fascinating. He'd been interviewed by everybody. And so I started interviewing him, and I asked him a bunch of questions about the process and about the transformation of the company and dealing with putting yourself out there and and, and risking the public thinking that you are desperate for money. You know, all these questions, you've heard me talk to my guests about it. You know, when we got done... He turned to me and he said, no one has ever asked those questions. And he'd been interviewed by all kinds of organizations. Well, it's because I have a genuine interest in that particular thing. And that's what I want to know. How how has this made you feel? I don't really care about the technical details. I want to know about you as the person. And that's one of the things that's been interesting about this podcast. And you've heard it. I'm genuinely interested in my guests. And that's one of the things that I want to make sure comes across. I'm also genuinely interested in you, the listener, and try to be sensitive to your time. You have given me, I mean, think about it. We're at episode 169. You've given me like 55, 54, 55 hours of your life if you've listened to every episode. That is a, that's a huge commitment that you've given to me. And I try to be sensitive to the fact and give back to you a reason to listen that is good quality. So one, that's one reason that the show is only 20 minutes long. When I got ready to do the podcast, I started looking around and asked myself, you know, what format do I want? And I realized that I didn't want to go too long because you can start rambling. But I, I didn't know how short I was going to go. So I, I modeled it after uh, writing excuses. My friend, Hugo Award-winning Howard Taylor, who's been on the show a couple of times, has a podcast called Writing Excuses that does very well. It's one of Hugo. It's an award. For writing, um, they only do fifteen minutes, and I thought, you know, what? that, that that's, that's a good amount of time. I'm going to do twenty. Twenty minutes is perfect. Three of them fit in an hour. I can do twelve a month based on my package of nine dollars for, you know, four hours, and that and that works for me. Twenty minutes. So many of you reached out and told me that twenty minutes is a perfect amount of time for you to do whatever. You, you got a commute that's twenty minutes long. You've got laundry to do that's 20 minutes long. You've got something, you know, some sketching that you're going to do, whatever it is, you're telling me this 20 minutes is perfect. And so I try to be, um, I try to be respectful of your time and not waste it. Okay. So now you've got an idea, a little bit of where I've come from with this podcast. And I think that you can do the same thing. You can set up your own podcast and get it going. There's a couple of things, though, you're going to need to, to figure out. And one of those is uh, finding your niche. What in the world are you going to talk about? In my case, when I got ready to do my podcast, I don't even remember what caused me to want to do the podcast. I think I was inspired by uh, the folks over uh, Dice Hate Me and their State of the Games. Um, it's one of the few podcasts I've ever listened to. And I was just inspired by Chris Kirkman and the job that he's done. And I thought, I want to be like Chris. When I grow up, I want to be like Chris. And that's what inspired me to go start my own podcast. Some of you have reached out to me and said, I have inspired you, and I've been on your shows, uh, and always willing to do that. If you want me to be a guest on your podcast, no problem, and we'll promote it on this show so that people can go find you. But you got to find your niche. In my case, I looked around and realized that there's a lot of podcasts out there, but nobody was talking about the business side of crowdfunding or Kickstarter two years ago. Everybody was talking about the creativity and all of that, but not the business side. And I thought, let's talk about that. I know a little bit about it, but mostly I know a lot of people who know a lot about it. And that was what the second thing I had to decide on was the format I was going to use. Because when you come to the format, there's basically three formats you can use. One is pure monologue. Think of a radio show, you know, your favorite disc jockey radio show. Talk radio, because uh, the music radio, they get to stick music in there. But talk radio. Uh, think about how that monologue, they got to keep talking to themselves. I find myself now listening to the radio, not to hear what they're saying, but how they're saying it. How do they continue the conversation going? How do they connect with me, the listener? And that's some of the things that I try to do with you. That's number one, monologue. It's hard. I don't recommend it. That's why I do so few of these monologue episodes because they can get boring if you don't maintain tight control of the listener, of you, of interest. So the number two one is having... A co-host. I have occasionally had a co-host on the show, uh, the London Whisperer, Lawrence O'Brien out of the UK, Cameron Randall from Copper Rain Productions, who has talked, been on the show a couple of times as we've talked about uh, video and film and sound and lighting for your uh, your Kickstarter campaign. Co-host for me is difficult because uh, I don't I do well, but I don't do well. So I'm gonna experiment with On a limited basis, a co host. I've reached out to Jamie Stigmeier, who's been on the show several times. I feel like uh, I'm Johnny Carson and he's Jay Leno, and I'm going to bring him on the show. Not comparing myself to Johnny Carson, but. And uh, Jamie and I are going to start an episode where we're going to. He does a lot of writing about Kickstarter lessons, and we're going to have him have his own episode where he and I actually talk about some of the stuff that he's written. I think it'll be extremely useful and helpful to you, but it'll be on a limited basis. So having a co-host is the second one. The third one is the one the route I went. And that is I have a guest-driven podcast. I don't have to come up with the topics. Well, kind of. My guests are already subject matter experts in what they want to talk about. And so it's fairly easy for me just to reach out to them and have them talk about whatever it is that they're talking about. Now, that brings up an interesting thing. How do I get guests on my show? I ask them. Now, sometimes I get lucky. Seth Godin came on the show when he first launched his Kickstarter campaign. So I watched Kickstarter to find these ones that are out there. You know, I reached out to Michael Dorn, Worf. He didn't even respond back to me. But Seth Godin did, uh, international best-selling uh, business author, and we had him on the show. I've had other people on the show, and all you do is ask. Just try. Well, I hear you saying it. Well, Richard, I only have a, you know, a couple hundred listeners, or maybe a dozen. Okay. Ask somebody who is closer to your size than something that the, your listeners are interested in. I have something that my guests want and my guests have something that I want and it's a natural fit. My guests, I want content for my podcast that you find valuable. That's my number one goal. So when I reach out to a guest, it's do you have something that my my listeners will find valuable? That's what I want. What the guest wants oftentimes Is access to you. They want to get in front of you, my listeners. I don't viol. I try not to violate that trust that you've given me by listening. But that's the coin I'm using of exchange of value. You come on my show, I give you access to my, and give me your content. I give you my audience, and that becomes a natural uh, two-way street that helps benefit both of us. Which is one reason I reached out to Jamie Stegmeier is because he's got great content. And I've been sharing him with you, and you have been rewarding him by visiting his blog and website. He said his traffic has just grown dramatically, and I thought this is a natural fit. You've already indicated that you're interested in what he has to share. We'll make him a regular part of the show. Okay, I think I've answered most of those questions. Niche, uh, find guests, pick the format, uh, the platform. But Let's talk about equipment real quick. We've got just a couple more minutes. I use a my mic is a Roadmaster mic that I bought on a boom arm that swings down, so I can stand up. And standing up drives a whole lot more energy, and I can talk right into the mic, so it's just you and me, and it makes it much more comfortable. That's plugged into a USB; it's plugged right into my MacBook Pro laptop, and I'm recording this straight to GarageBand. That is definitely not sexy. So I see other professional podcasters who've got the mixers, and you know. I, I don't know how to do that. I'm learning little by little, and hopefully we're going to upgrade to that at some point. But right now, this is how it works. I use Skype to record the calls, and occasionally we have technical difficulties. Some of my favorite guests, we've actually had problems with the Skype connection, and it's drove, drove me nuts. But I use Skype, record the call. The call then gets recorded as a .mov file. I put that into a converter. And a later to kind of level out the sounds, we drop it into GarageBand, I add that little kicker at the front, little bumpers, and I save it out and upload it, and that's how it works. It takes about 20 to 30 minutes from the point after I've recorded it to getting it up on the uh, show. I don't do a whole lot of editing. Every once in a while, I'll do some editing. Uh, if, I, if I've if i either screwed up or occasionally have upset my guest, and some, take those parts out. Uh, but that's that's something that i 'm able to do all right, and I think that 's it f- for my equipment it's pretty it's pretty straightforward it's pretty easy. Hopefully you've enjoyed kind of having some insights in how i 've made this podcast. My number one advice to you find a niche find your niche if you're if, and, and it might be tied to your Kickstarter campaign. Your Kickstarter campaign might help you find that niche, but find the niche. Start, if you want to make a podcast, start now. You know, I've been going for two years, and two years it's now started to build up and become something of credible nature. It takes a while, but I think that if you're really interested in doing it, I'd love to be on your show. Love to hear what you have to say. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for those guests bloggers who have, who have reached out to me to become a um, guest bloggers on my, on my website. Um, As we make progress, if you're interested in, in any of that, reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on my website, all kinds of places to find me. Hopefully this has been inspiring. It's always fun just to talk. Just you and I get to sit down and and chat. I know it's one way, but I feel like you're listening and I'm, I'm actively listening back, but it is kind of fun. Hopefully you've been inspired And I look forward to seeing what you come up with. Thanks for listening. Take care.